Hey there, my name is Derek Duvall, and I'm the lead pastor of Awakened City Church in Harriman, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake City. And I want to thank you for checking us out. Awakened City exists to connect people from all walks of life with the hope that's found in Jesus. And we hope this message will be a blessing to you. For more information, you can visit awakenslc.com. Good afternoon. Um, We are so glad that you guys have chosen to join with us. Uh, And I would say, and I would echo what uh, Todd shared a minute ago, it would probably be an understatement to say that uh, we could all use a little bit of joy this year. Um, This has been, because 2020 has been an especially hard year, right? Um, With with sickness, uh, with for some, there's been death. Some for, some there's been... um, Loss of jobs or uh, maybe a closed business. Maybe it's been, it's a hard year because it's meant we haven't been able to spend time with family. I know for myself, my parents were supposed to come in from Indiana and they ended up not being able to come in. And so uh, it's going to be a first Christmas for us without family. I know for some of you guys, normally you would go out of town or you had other family coming in and COVID just, uh, it's been a really hard year, right? We've through whether that's quarantining or just forfeiting, a lot of those things that we uh, love and enjoy because of all the COVID restrictions. And so this morning, I have the privilege to stand before you, or this afternoon rather, to stand before you uh, and declare that we have not just been offered joy through Christ, but, but tangible, real, concrete, massive, earth shaking, mega joy. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, And so Merry Christmas Eve. If we have not met before, my name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor here. And like I said, I'm so glad that you guys have chosen to take time out of your day to join us today. And uh, what a joy it is to be together and what a privilege uh, it is. And we really see today uh, not as just some kind of one-off special service, but really what we've been doing is we've been celebrating the advent of Christ. Advent meaning Jesus is coming, um, and we look forward to a second coming. And so December 24th, although December 25th is most likely not Jesus' real birthday, we celebrate it on December 25th, and so Jesus is coming tomorrow morning. That's what we celebrate. Uh, But we also know, because we have the privilege of looking backwards, that he came 2,000 years ago. And so during this Advent season, what we've been doing, as you you saw those words coming up, uh, but we've been talking about what it is that Jesus came to bring. And so we began the first week, we talked about how Jesus came to bring hope. Then two weeks ago, Jonathan shared with us that Jesus uh, came to bring healing, and not just physical or mental or emotional healing, but what we needed most, ultimately, he came to bring spiritual healing. And that he can use that physical, that mental, that, those, um, those emotional areas that we long for healing, he can use those places that need healing to point us to the one who brings eternal healing which is what we truly long for. Uh, And that's what's most important. And then last week, uh, Dustin spent some time talking to us about Jesus uh, who brought peace. And they both did a great job, and I'm so thankful for them. And they always do a fantastic job. And so uh, you can always check those out if you go to our website and listen to those sermons. You can kind of check out where we've been. But this morning, 
I want to end our Advent series looking at how Jesus came to bring joy. How Jesus came to bring joy. Joy is this major theme throughout the entire Bible that we see over and over and over. Uh, There are 227 times in the Old Testament and in the New Testament where this word joy is used. And 64 of those times are used in the New Testament. But I want to focus on six times that the word joy is used in the New Testament and six times in which that word joy is paired with uh, another word before it. So there are only six times in the entire New Testament where we see this word that I'm going to share in a second and then joy. And I think it's really important for us to see uh, and to understand because I think it will be helpful for us this morning. And so if you grew up, or this afternoon, I continue to say it, what a habit. Uh, and so if you grew up in the Bi- uh, in, around the Bible or around church, then you probably already know that the Bible was written in Greek. It was not written in English. Has anyone seen the movie? Um, uh, it's actually not a movie. It's a series called The Chosen. Anyone seen it? Okay. If you haven't, check it out. It's fantastic. It's called The Chosen. And it's just this series where they're, they're going to go into year two. Uh, and it's the story of Jesus and some stories of, of his ministry. Anyways, they, if you're like, hey, I'm going to check out one. There's a Christmas one on there. It's on YouTube, actually. It's like almost 30 minutes. Check it out. It's phenomenal. I bring that up, Chosen, because I was recently, um, someone, my wife was recently talking to someone. And they're saying, you know, I love the show Chosen, but the one thing I'm not really a fan of is Jesus doesn't use, uh, he doesn't talk like Jesus. The guy who plays him, he doesn't use the these and thous that Jesus used. Well, in case you didn't know, Jesus actually didn't use these and thous either because he spoke uh, in Aramaic and the Bible's written in Greek, Koine Greek. And so uh, anytime you see the these and thous, that's just Old English. Uh, And so we are translating what Jesus said. So I want to focus on six times we see this Greek word, megas. And you'll probably recognize it looks a lot like one of our words, mega, right? Uh, It probably didn't take you long to catch that. So I want to quickly look at all six times in the New Testament where the writer adds this word, megas, before the word joy. Where the writer really wants to highlight how and show how this joy um, is not just a regular joy, but a mega joy. The one that we'll start with is one you're probably most familiar with. It's in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Around Christmas, we hear this passage a lot. It says this, and just the context, this is when the angels come to the shepherds and the field, and Luke records this for us, this whole scene. And we read, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, of mega joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So an angel says to these shepherds, this good news will bring about great mega joy that will be offered to all people. That's good news, right? We need some mega joy in our lives. Another time we find this exact same language is also surrounding the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 2. This is when the, uh, we see the uh, magi coming to bring gifts to Jesus, and they see the star rest over the place where he's at, and we read this. 
Matthew records, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And notice how Matthew adds in another adjective there. They, they rejoiced exceedingly with great mega joy. Matthew's really trying to get at the heart of the massive joy that comes, that's brought by Jesus coming, right? This uh, I shared a couple weeks ago. I've experienced, we have five children, okay? I've experienced children being uh, born and I've witnessed it and children being born is amazing and it's incredible, but it doesn't fill the hearts of strangers with that mega joy, right? The parents, yes, mega joy. Strangers, not normally mega joy, right? So there's something special about this child because here are these people, these shepherds, these magi, and they're filled with this mega joy. So who is this child that they're so excited about? On, on this child, literally the weight of the world rests on him. This, this child in him, all hope for the world, all hope for mankind rests on this one child and he has come and that's why there's this great joy. And so the angels get it, the shepherds get it, the, the magi, they knew this. But as you know, the birth wasn't the final act. If the birth happened and that was it, we're not here celebrating this morning, 2,000 years later in Harriman, Utah. We're not, right? It wasn't the final act. That's not where our hope is found. That's not where mega joy is found in the birth. But the birth had to happen but that wasn't the end, right? The, the joy didn't come from the birth, but from what the child born in Bethlehem would do. That's where the joy comes from. He would, grow, he would grow up to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He would grow up to give people who had no hope, hope. To bring eternal healing and to offer peace between us and God. And here's the thing. You need, you need to hear this this afternoon. Jesus doesn't bring joy if you don't think you need him, right? If you don't think you need Jesus, there's really no joy in this season when it comes to Jesus. If you think that you can find that joy on your own or you can find it in the things that this world has to offer, then you're not going to find this mega joy in Jesus that we see the Magi and the shepherds are celebrating. Not because it's not there, because it is there, but the reason you don't see it is because that's not where you're looking for joy. So you're not gonna find it there, right? That's not where you wanna find joy, maybe if we're being honest. So Jesus only brings this mega joy to those who recognize who they are before a perfect and holy God. That there, there's nothing that they can do or offer to God to make themselves pleasing before him. You see, the Bible tells us that sin has separated us from a good and perfect God. And that because of it, we've cut ourselves off uh, from a relationship with him. And let me just pause here for a second and say this. Maybe you're in here this morning, you're like, when it comes to sin, that's not, I mean, like, yeah, with a little white lie here, there, sure. But like, I, I'm... When I compare myself to others, I'm doing pretty good, right? When I look around, I'm a pretty good person. Um, and so if you've ever had that thought or thought like, you know what, I don't know that how much I really need Jesus. Like, Jesus, I need him a little bit, but honestly, I'm doing most of the work here. 
Let me, I've done this before for our people if you've been here on Sunday, but let me just put this before you a thought. If you're feeling like, if you're ever thinking, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not sure how much I really need Jesus. If we took a video of just your, this past week, videotape of you, and we showed it up on this screen in front of everyone this morning, every single one of us would want to crawl out of here in embarrassment, right, and never show up again. So we know deep down we're not good. We need help, right? We need hope. And we know the things that we've been chasing after aren't bringing the joy that we longed to find and and those things. They're, They're found alone in Jesus. And so that's why Jesus coming brings mega joy because we know we need him and he's our only hope. Because his coming, his birth is connected with his life, his death, and his resurrection. And that's why these two authors at the beginning, in Matthew and Luke, they talk about this great joy never again until the very end of their gospel letters. Let's, let's look at, at those. Um, this, that, that this truly is this good news of mega joy, right? So Matthew writes this at the end of his gospel letter, Matthew 28, verse 8. So they, and that's the, the ladies who found Jesus Um, And they found, rather, they found the empty tomb where Jesus was laid. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. They knew what this meant. Jesus was who he said he was. And he did what he said he would do. He's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. But he's the Lord. And then Luke, we find Right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he opens the disciples' minds to understand all of what all this means, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and how they all fit together and how he has fulfilled these prophecies. And we read in Luke chapter 24, verse 52, and and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They left with great mega joy joy because they now more fully understood the good news that they possessed and the hope that it brings, right? And so they left with great joy. That Jesus has offered his life to redeem ours and how this hope isn't just for the life to come, but for this life now. That God is redeeming and rescuing all things to himself, And I told you I wanted to look at all six times we looked at four. I want to quickly look at the last two. And so great joy, let me recap quickly. So great joy surrounds his birth because of the hope of what he would do. That's why there was great joy at his birth. Because the hope of what he would do. Then we just saw resurrection. Great joy uh, surrounds his resurrection because of what it accomplished. That Jesus took the punishment we deserved and that he rose from the dead. He defeated, he defeated death and hell and sin that we too, because of Jesus, can. And the next place we see this great joy is when it surrounds others coming to faith. Because of what it means for them and for us. In Acts chapter 15, the first century believers, they find out that a bunch of people have trusted in Christ. And this is what we read. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and it brought great joy to all the brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And so the new believers find out that there's more that have come to faith who've fully trusted in Jesus. And the result is they're forgiven of their sins and in their hearts wells up this great joy. Because Jesus came and we look forward to what he would do. He, he uh, resurrected. We look forward to the hope that we have. And now people are coming to faith that others are trusting. And there's great joy filling the disciples' hearts. That a Savior has come. And then finally, the last time we see this phrase, megas para, which is mega joy, and is in Jude chapter 24. When he speaks of us standing in the presence of God on that final day, we stand before God. And the great joy that it will bring for those who've trusted in Christ. And get this, there's only great joy for those who stand before God when we've already trusted in Christ. That's where the great joy comes. Look at this, Jude chapter 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Our greatest joy, untainted from the world, will be found in one day living in the presence of God. That, that's, that's the height of joy. Our ultimate joy will not be in being with our family or our friends forever. Our ultimate joy will not be in a mansion or roads made of gold. That's not where our joy will be found. Our joy will be found in Christ's presence forever and ever and ever. Psalm 1611 says this, in your, speaking of God, in your presence there is fullness of joy fullness of joy in his presence but if you're in here this morning and you don't know him that joy is not there that there's no real joy at his birth because it means little more than you get to get some presents some good food and spend some time with family and for some of us in here that's not even there food lacks family even more and so there's not even joy in that there, there's no real joy at his birth if it doesn't mean anything to you. There, there's no real joy in his death and resurrection if in your mind you think you don't really need it. That you've already got all your bases covered and your boxes checked. And if you don't know Jesus this afternoon, my prayer for you is this, that you would accept the greatest gift that was ever offered to you this Advent season. And that is Jesus. And the hope that he offers. And it comes only in trusting in him and saying, I can't do this on my own. I can't do it. I'm spiritually dead. And Jesus, I need you. Because I know what a week of my life looks like on video, and it's going to be sad. And I need you. I can't do this. And my only hope is not in me being good enough. It's that you were perfect, and I've trusted in you. And if you're in here this morning and you do know him, place your joy in him this morning. Don't place your joy in the perfect Christmas. It's not happening. Don't place your joy in a holiday without families fighting or in, in, in uh, or don't place it in getting or giving the perfect gifts this year. They don't exist. Place your joy in the perfect gift that was already given freely because that's where mega joy is found. Jesus came to bring joy. Let's sing and let's celebrate.